Wow, I'm really excited about the series we're entering into now, and um, it's, it's the account of a hero in the Bible, a history maker, a world changer. His name is Joseph. His story is found over 13 uh, chapters from the 37th chapter of Genesis through to the end of Genesis chapter 50. 13 chapters in the Bible really about the story of one man. That's a lot of space in the Word of God. So some people in the Bible have like a couple of verses, perhaps half a chapter. But he's got 13 chapters about what God did with this man and through him. And... Actually, there's so much in there, we just don't have time to go through everything that could be learned from his life. But I'm going to encourage us all to read those 13 chapters, especially during the month of January. I know we're reading Isaiah 58, but if I can encourage us to go to the 37th chapter of Genesis and to read through the story that you find there, and then read it again, and then read it again. Every time you read it, something else is going to pop out. Something else is going to be highlighted to us by the Spirit of God. And um, it'll be really helpful if we're all on the same page and we all know what's going on from the um, chapters and the account of his life. But um, as I was thinking about how to start this series and what really the emphasis is all about, I thought, well, a great place to start is actually at the end of Genesis where his father, uh, Jacob, is is proclaiming the blessing of God over his sons. He had 12 sons, 12 tribes, that we find the 12 tribes of Israel. And and it's an incredible insight into how God sees people and how God speaks into people's lives. You know what God says about you is really important. Really important. And that we understand what God says about us. And the place we find that is in the Bible. As you read the New Testament especially, of course the Old Testament as well, equally as important in the Bible. It all makes up the Bible. But as you read the New Testament, you find out who you are in Christ. And what God says over your life. And if there's something that we're going to find out about this man is, is that a whole Heap of people said a whole heap of stuff about him. But all the way through, he just held on to that which God said about him. Really important to understand that. So here we are in Genesis chapter 49, and we're just going to read three or four verses, five verses. And it's the proclamation, just like we've just done a fast sort of, a fast consecration, and it was, You know, this, that, and we believe this, and we declare that. And it was all from God's word. And so we're going to find something that his father spoke over. It was a time he was just about to pass away, his father. And um, so he said, I want all my sons to come to me. And he laid hands on all of them. He prophesied over all of them. And then he comes to Joseph. And he says this from chapter uh, 49, verse 22. It says, Joseph is a fruitful bough, (coughs) a vine, a fruitful bough 
that is next to a well. His branches climb over the walls. They run over the walls. They're not kept in and restricted in a demarked place. They, are, they get out of the boundaries. The archers have bitterly grieved him. They've shot at him and hated him, but his bow remained in strength and the arm, arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, by the God of your father who will help you and by the Almighty who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above, the blessings of the deep that lies beneath, the blessings of the breast and the womb and the blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost boundaries of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. Now that's quite a, a, a strong prophetic word or a, not really a prophetic word. A lot of this had already come to pass. It was a declaration over the life of Joseph. That's how God saw Joseph. There are really four ingredients here, four things that, that really come out strongly from these few verses about Joseph. And as we enter into the next year, the next 12 months, and we always launch a year with, with I believe, a word from God for Citygate Church for us to lay hold of and to go for and to believe for. It is really our declaration for the year amongst all the general things that we go for. There's the general things of healing and abundance and family agreement and love and relationships and community influence. All of those things. And of course, the, at the very top of the list is seeing people come to Christ. All of those things we're believing for and we're declaring but there's something from the life of Joseph that I want us to get hold of over the next few weeks. And it's going to be these four things. Number one, that in this scripture that we've just read, the first thing that comes out to us is Joseph's prosperity and the quality of his life and what he leaves behind. Number two, it's the battles that he went through. It says in this passage, it you know, begins, doesn't it? He is a fruitful bough. Speaks of abundance, speaks of, of great fruit. How many of you know God wants us to bear great fruit this year? Awesome fruit, great fruit. Not just a couple of little grapes here and there. Have you ever been to Sainsbury's or Tesco's or Waitrose or Lidl or Asda? So I just so I don't want to cover all my bases. The corner shop. And you go to get your grapes. And I don't know about you, the first thing I do is I read the sell-by date. Why? Because I want the one with the longest date on it. So I go to the very back. I'm sure the people hate me in there, so I sort of pull out all the rest. Uh, 21st, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 28th, that'll do for me. Anybody else do that? Yeah. Oh, are we selfish, leaving all the old ones for the next person who comes along? And they're just rotten anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, and they come in the tubs, don't they? The plastic tubs with the little holes in so the, the grapes can breathe. And I always turn them over to see the mouldy ones at the bottom to just make sure they're not squashed and mouldy. 
I don't know, perhaps you feel like you've borne some squashed and mouldy grapes this year. I don't know. Perhaps you think, you know, I, I just can't really see quality fruit. But you know what? God wants the best fruit for your life. The best fruit for your life. Fruit in the lives of other people. Fruit financially. Fruit emotionally. Great fruit. And the word over, over his life here is he is a fruitful bough that can't be contained. I believe in overtaking blessings. Blessings being far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Not just little things that are just contained somewhere, but just extravagant. But then it goes on and says this. The next verse after talking about the great fruit, it says the archers have grieved him. The archers tried to kill him. <laughs> now, they weren't real archers with real bows. They were people with words. There were false accusations. There was criticisms. There was oppression, jealousy, envy. But it says, through all the battles, his arms Remain strong. Can I hear an amen this morning? They remain strong. Why? Because God strengthened him. The third thing that we find out from this passage and from the life of Joseph is that God helped Joseph. God helped Joseph. I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. And I need it from God. It's great to get it from people and God works through people. But I need help from God and I know you do too. And the fourth thing that we find out is that God blessed Joseph. And I know we can turn to Deuteronomy 28 with a head and not the tail. We've just been declaring all this. We're blessed going in and blessed coming out. But I love how it puts it here in this passage we've just read. There's the blessings that fell on him from above. There's the blessings that burst up on him from below. And there's the blessings from other people who provided for him. God wants to bless you from the top down, from the bottom up and from all the way around. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Are we alive here today? This is a really like quiet service, you know. His life is a story of highs and lows. He was a much loved son, but he was, he was also a hated brother. He was born by divine intervention. The Bible says God heard the prayers of his mother who was barren. And God opened her womb and out, out came Joseph. He was an answer to prayer. He grew up in a divided and, and very competitive family. Lots of half-brothers and stuff going on in his 12 brothers. There was handmaiden here and handmaiden there. There was first wife and Rachel. There was all this you know, going on. So there was all sorts of family rivalry, all sorts of competition, all sorts of upset. He was a favorite son, but a hated brother. He was honored with gifts from his father. We all, you know, he had the, the coat given to him, which, which caused great division in his family. He was honored with gifts from home, yet he was sold as a, a slave by his family. He was trusted with an incredibly important Egyptian household and yet he was falsely accused in that household of attempted rape. He was imprisoned for a crime he did not commit. Yet in that dungeon, in that prison, he remained sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He didn't get all twisted up on the inside. And he blessed those other people that he did prison time with. 
He had incredible, unfulfilled prophetic dreams from God over his own life for 20 years. And yet he still interpreted dreams for other people while his own dreams were unfulfilled. He ended up, if you know the story, he ended up heading up really the known world second only to Pharaoh against all the odds. The most amazing story, the most incredible things that took place. But fundamentally, this is the account of a dream that came to pass even though everything tried to stop it. As we go into 2019, I want to encourage us to dream. I want to encourage us to keep hold of the dreams that God has given us. There is never a promise that there will not be something that will try to kill your dream. But the Bible is clear that God is faithful and He will cause the dreams that He's given us to come to pass. Can I hear an amen this morning? As we go into 2019, we're going to stir up dreaming. We're going to believe God. We're going to stretch. We're not going to be contained by a walled garden. We're going to stretch over the walls. We're going to believe God for bigger and better than we've ever dreamed of, ever thought was possible, ever dreamed was, was, is it okay to believe that big? Come on, guys. It's time to say, shake off the disappointment. Shake off the battles. Shake off whatever it is. Ah, oh, but Pastor Jay, it's been three years. For Joseph, it was 20. And he still came out on top. He still came out believing. He still came out in the victory. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 37. And we're going to read the very first account that we find out about Joseph, apart from him being born. It says, Joseph, from verse 2, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock together with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of the concubine, of the handmaiden, actually, of, of his mother and the sons of Zilpah, um, his, his father's uh, wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them, of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and also he made him a tunic of, of many colours. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him for it and could not speak in any way peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream that I've dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. And then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. How many of you know he wasn't the sharpest thing on the, on the block? <laughs> wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed? <laughs> He's already in a divided family. He's already in a, a family where they hated him. And now he's keeping on pouring out this stuff about, hey, I'm better than you lot. You're all going to bow down and, <laughs> and honour me. 
didn't really quite get it the first time. <laughs> dreamed another dream. He said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So, <laughs> so he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and all your brothers indeed come uh, to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. Um, that's the start, really, of the story of Joseph. This is what set him off in the things of God. God is a God of vision. He's a God of hope. He's a God of promises. He's a God, we read this in the Bible, and somebody says, I have a cause. God gives you a purpose. He gives you a vision. He gives you a dream. You're not just an also-ran on the face of the earth. You're a child of the living God with a destiny and a purpose that is ordained from the heart of God that God has put as a seed on the inside of each one of us. And he wants that seed to be tended and nurtured and fed. He wants there to be a healthy environment. He wants the sunlight to shine on that dream seed. He wants the water of his word to water that dream seed. He wants his spirit to give life and breath to that dream seed that he's put on the inside of you. You are not just a mistake. I've got a good friend, pastor of an awesome church in this nation. I've got 13 churches and incredible. And his wife is the result of a gang rape. And God has a dream for her life and a plan for her life and she's turning the world upside down. And no other people who are the result of a failed abortion. There are so many things in life that want to try to strangle the life out of your dream and out of your purpose. We covered last week, come on, get rid of the snake. <laughs> the thing wants to strangle the life out of you. There are so many things in life that want to strangle your dream out of you, but it's time to breathe again. It's time to stretch out again. It's time to lift up your head, O oh ye gates. And lift them up, oh you everlasting doors. Open up the doors of your life and dream again. And believe God as we end, exit out of 2018 and step into 2019. This is my year for my dreams to come to pass in Jesus' name. This is my year to step into all that God has for me. God is a God of your positive future. He wants us all to have and live for our dreams the ones he's put on the inside of us. He wants that seed to grow, to be developed, to be cared for, to be nurtured. But we've also got to understand that that dream will be attacked. That dream is a threat to the enemy. There is a very real enemy. Joseph found that out pretty quickly. God was declaring over the life of Joseph greatness, influence, authority. And he came to be the head under Pharaoh of the known world. But everything along the way tried to strangle that dream out of his life. 
tried to kill it off, tried to stop it coming to pass. I think sometimes some people are surprised when this little thing happens and that little thing happens. Oh, but you know what? I was believing God and something went wrong, and, but I was expecting this and something went wrong. Hey, it's trying to kill your dream. It's trying to strangle the life out of your purpose. We mustn't be surprised. I'm not saying expect it, but every dream will be attacked. I wrote this down in my notes. There are too many abandoned dreams on the road of life. I believe for that, but I gave up on it. Make sure your dream is not one of them. Make sure that which God has put on the inside of you is something which gives you life and not disappointment. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3 says this, For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. I believe we are to be a this is that generation. You find it in Acts chapter 2 when there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Almighty God filled the upper room. They had an incredible encounter with God. They were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. Fire came down and fell on all of them. They began to speak in tongues, speak in other languages. Everybody was there in Jerusalem for the feast and, and they all started to gather and say, we can hear everybody speaking in our own languages and that's what God did then. In other times, it was just tongues, tongues of men, tongues of angels, all sorts of stuff going on through the book of Acts, the most amazing encounters with God. But I loved what Peter said. He stood up and he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was promised. This is that which was promised. Joel chapter 2, Joel had a dream. He had a vision. He saw great things taking place. And the apostle Peter stood up and said, we're laying hold of it. I believe this can be a this is that year that we step into in 2019. This is that which God spoke to me. This is that which was prophesied over me. This is that which I found in the Word of God that I stood on. A dream comes to pass through much activity. Acts chapter 26, we find the Apostle Paul saying this, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision that God gave me. Dream comes to pass through much activity. Hard work in the kingdom was never meant to be onerous. <laughs> meant to be a joy. There isn't anything more fulfilling in life, more satisfying than to align yourself with God and to run with the vision that God has given you. To run with that which God has put on your heart. The greatest place of frustration and disappointment is where we know we've got a promise from God and we're not doing anything about it. I want to stir something this morning in Citygate Church. I want to come and, as it were, lay hands on each and every one of us in this place and say, come on, stir up that dream that is on the inside of you. Get rid of the disappointment. Get rid of the frustration. Put your head up again. Lift your hands. Let the shout out. Let the dance out. 
out. Let there be some excitement and some expectation. So you've had some setbacks. Come on, stand up and say, I'm not led by what I see. I'm not led by what I experience. I'm led by the Word of God and the dream that God has put on the inside of me. Nothing is going to stop me fulfilling that which God has given me. Nothing is going to stop me. See, people want to dream. We're born to be dreamers. We're born, we're created by God with an imagination. It's the canvas that God wants to paint something on the inside of us to expect greatness. I'm not talking about arrogance here. We all know we live for the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. We're here to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. But hey, it's not either or. It's not like, well, I'm nothing and God's everything. It's like, no, of course, apart from God, we can do nothing. But thank God we're not apart from Him. He's in me and I'm in Him. People want to dream. Some people are too scared to dream. Perhaps they've been disappointed before, frustrated before. Some people are too lazy to dream. (laughs) Some people are too comfortable to dream. But come on, we're born to be dreamers. I know that's used as a criticism so many times. Oh, your son's just a dreamer. Hey, dreamers change the world. They think outside the boundaries. Have an original thought from God, amen? Don't just think what everybody else thinks. I love it seeing kids grow up and, you know, very early on you're telling them, you know, you give them something to colour in and the painting goes everywhere. They're supposed to be painting within these lines and it's like, forget that. We spend the first few years of our kids' lives trying to get them to be contained. And then we tell them, think outside the box. I mean, it's like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Am I painting inside the lines or can I just be expressive? (laughs) Well, there's a skill to painting inside the lines that we need to develop. But come on, it's time to think outside of the boundaries that life and society want to put on us. Some dreams come from competition. Not always good, really. I want to be better than them or from him or from her. That's not a good place to start your dream from in a comparative way. Some dreams come from trying to attract, attract self-worth into our lives that we only feel value if we're doing something of note. No, come on, we have a contentment and a confidence on the inside because we know who we are, not because of something we achieve. Can I hear an amen this morning? Some dreams come from selfish ambition, but there are dreams which come from God. And those dreams, I believe, God wants to fan into flame this morning. The Bible says, we just read, dreams come to pass through much activity. There has to be activity to our dreams. 
So many types of activity. In fact, about five, six, seven, eight years ago now, I did a series on this and I was just really stirred and I was reminded of what we went through. This is eight years ago about some of these things. Activity is so important. Being an active believer. What sort of activity is going to cause a dream to come to pass? Number one, spiritual activity. Spiritual activity. What do I mean by that? Guys, we got to pray. We got to pray. Nothing's going to come to pass in God without an active prayer life. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen of any worth, of any note. We're just going to be the same old, same old average person unless we get into a place of prayer. And when we pray, how many of you know all things are possible for him who believes and of course prays? The Bible says that it makes tremendous power available when we pray. Learn to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I don't know about you, but I want to learn to pray more effectively. Spiritual activity is so very, very important, both hearing from God and speaking out the Word of God prophetically. This is really important. Faith activity. Spiritual activity is prayer and it's faith. Faith is so vitally important as we step Into 2019, the Bible says we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. There's a spirit of faith that energizes us and gives us the strength and the ability to lay hold of that which is before us. What other activity is there? Well, of course, there's mental activity. Sometimes I want to ask some people, what planet are you on? (laughs) What planet are you on? They seem to be vacant. Come on, is there anything going on in between those ears? Some people overthink everything. They overthink and it's like they can't really ever step out in God because everything's got to make sense. But I believe there's a balance in there somewhere that we're to have a a mind that is the mind of Christ. We're to think on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving. It's so important as we go to fulfill dreams that our mind is alive, our mind is alert, our mind is sharp. Perhaps you've dulled off, perhaps in in your mind, and God's saying, come on, sharpen it up a little bit. Come on, be on purpose. Take captive some of those thoughts that have been flying around your head. Come on, think on things. Don't allow worry and anxiety and fear and envy and jealousy to go through your mind. Come on, sharpen your mind. You've got the ability to think the high thoughts of God by the Spirit that is within us. Come on, give your mind a break from all the worldly stuff and set your mind on things above and not on things down here. Get out of your eyesight all the stuff that puts the wrong pictures in your mind and get the good pictures from God going through your mind. Can I hear an amen this morning? What other sort of activity do we want? Sowing activity. For a dream to come to pass, we need to sow into the lives of others. We need to sow into the lives of others. You hear about other people's dreams, sow into that dream. Help somebody else's dream to come to pass. Don't be so, you know, focused on your own dream as we go into 2019. Go in there thinking, who else can I help their dream to come to pass? 
It could be you pray with them. It could be you give to them. It could be you stand with them. It could be that you give them some time. It could be that you give some advice or some input or some influence. Perhaps you've been there, seen it and done it. And your wisdom is invaluable. Come on, sow into somebody else's dream as we step into 2019. What else? Number four, physical activity. We've got two number threes here. Number four, physical activity. What do I mean? A dream comes to pass through much activity, spiritual activity, mental activity, sowing activity, physical activity. There are more and more demands on your time as you achieve more and more. So important that we know how to be refreshed in God. It's so important that we know how to put our energy into that which is going to bear fruit. Put our energy. I don't know about you, but I, you know, it's not that I have any less time today. In fact, in some, in some ways I have a greater amount of time than I've ever had. I remember I was doing church like six nights a week. <laughs> but it's so valuable. Time is so valuable. What we put our time into, what we put our energy into. Some people are putting their energy into so much stuff, they don't have any energy left to see their dream come to pass. Because to see a dream fulfilled takes energy. It takes physical work. It takes putting your hand to something. It takes hours out of your day. Dreams don't just fall on your head. Dreams come to pass as we do something about them. Can I hear an amen? Number five, the next sort of activity, financial activity. One of my sons said to Sharon the other day, and it's obviously got through to me, and I want to start. I want to start doing something financially because I want to buy property. He came from my loins. (laughs) And Sharon's, of course. Never too young to start. I want to encourage us today to order, is this all right? To order our financial activity. Order it, get it into line. Be strong with yourself. I'm going to get hold of my finances. My finances are not going to rule my life. I'm going to rule my finances in Jesus' name. I'm calling them back into line. I refuse to allow the enemy to screw up my life through financial pressure. You're getting the the hang of this? It's time to call it in. It's time to say, I'm not spending on that. It's a waste of money. I'm not getting another card. Hello? Come on, I'm going to start to rule in the area of my wealth in Jesus' name. Please don't put into your kids' lives, oh, we can't afford it, we can't afford it, we can't afford it. Don't don't sow those seeds into the lives of your children. Oh, Dad, can we do this? No, can't afford it. What are you sowing? 
I can't remember ever saying that to our kids. We'd say, not doing it. Not doing it. We're not doing it now. There's other things we're spending money on, guys. There's other demands on our finances. But hey, how can we, who's, who have a God called Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, say, I can't afford it? Hello? Now, don't spend what you haven't got. You, don't spend what you haven't got. Oh, God will provide. No, you're trying to put God's hand up behind his back now. God, I spent it. You've got to provide now. No, that's not how this thing works. Hello? Good preaching. Thank you very much. What's the next sort of activity? Social activity. Social activity. Who are you spending time with to take you where you need to go? Everybody will take you somewhere. Yeah? Everybody will take you. Oh, this is a bit of a heavy teach, Pastor Jay. Oh, I'm going to just get a bit of fun this morning. I want to see some great dreams fulfilled in 2019. I want praise report after praise report after praise report. I dreamed for this and this is that which was dreamed. Favour. We find out about favour in the Word of God time and time again. Well, favour works through people and works through relationships. Right place, right time, right person. The Bible says a man's gift makes room for him. Who is there who is where you want to be? Because you need to tie yourself to them. Don't tie yourself to losers. I'm going to be really blunt. Don't tie yourself to losers. There's a lot of losers in this life. A lot of people who have settled for the rubbish of life. For the stuff which just kill off your dreams. A lot of people who are just anchored to the mess. Those are not the people we need to be anchored to, tied to, committed to. We're committed to in love. But that's not where we get our inspiration. This is a strong word this morning. Social activity. Who are you spending time with that'll take you where you need to go? Perhaps as we go into 2019, there are some relationships which need to be adjusted. There are some friendships that need to be put back in place. Either stronger or more distant. Now the church has been the worst in the world for being an exclusive club. So many Christians don't have unchurched friends. Which is a real shame because the Bible says we're supposed to be out there. I'm not talking about you break off friendships here because someone's not a Christian or someone this or someone that. I'm talking about people who speak into your life. Those who build in stuff in your life. It's really important the place you get godly counsel from is godly. And it's full of faith and full of the promises of God. Let's get the band back up as we, as we close today. We're going to go out of here today singing prophesy. 
as we go, <laughs> someone's happy, as we go into, are the other six dwarves here? <laughs> oh, Grumpy's not here. <clears throat> Isaiah 54, I love this. I love this in one translation. Clean lots of ground for your tents. Clear, sorry, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out, think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs in deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over the nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Do not be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. As we go into 2019, I'm reminded of Martin Luther King in 63. He said this, August the 28th. He boldly proclaimed in one of the greatest speeches of all time, I have a dream. He had a dream so compelling, so totally absorbing, so powerful that it inspired a generation. I listened to the the speeches of uh, Churchill and other people that inspired a generation to dream. I believe Citygate Church should be a place that inspires people to dream. If they don't hear it, can't, it won't. Look at the problems, there's a cliff edge. March, we going over the brink. Come on guys, we're bigger than that. We're bigger than that. We speak from the depth of spirit where God lives. Where all things are possible. Where lives can be transformed against all the odds. Where needs can be met, even where it needs a miracle. Perhaps you're believing to have a baby this year. I don't know why I bring this up. We, we talked about, I can't remember who I was talking to on the phone, Tayo. On the phone, talking about babies, as you do. It's, it's all right, it's just guys talk. No, well, it was, we talked about how we had Stephen when we were 40 and Chris when we were 30 and Michael somewhere in the middle. And it's like, wow, that took a bit of time, didn't it? And then I said, yeah, but do you know the story? Do you know the story? You never have kids. We had a dream. Can't have children. Yeah, but we had a dream. Can't have children. Yeah, but we have the promises of God. You see, are you going to let something squash out the dreams of your life? Or are you going to be a this is that person? Perhaps there's people here and you've been disappointed. There is no grief, really. Perhaps that's an exaggeration, but... There's no grief like the grief of saying, you can't have kids when somebody's believing for kids. I want to encourage you today. Come on, dream again. Dream again. Stir it up on the inside. The Bible says the fruit of your womb is blessed. 
Yeah, but Pastor Jay, I was, I was believing for prosperity. And I've had to shut down my business. Dream again. Who said that was going to kill off your dream? It's just a temporary hiccup in the journey of life. Oh, you're just making light of it. I am not making light of it. I'm making great of the promises of God. Where are the dreamers in 2019? <laughs> I believe they're sitting in this room. Those who will be just as committed, just as focused, just as absorbed and just as willing to see their God-given dreams and destinies come to pass. A people who will go beyond themselves and their personal preferences to look out for the interests of others having an eternal perspective and a desire to bear fruit that will last for eternity. Where are the dreamers of 2019? Rise up, Citygate Church, and boldly proclaim the dream that we live for. We have a dream to powerfully affect our generation and to radically transform our world. We have a dream to transform a generation by the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Can I say this? Don't lose sight of the dream that God has given you. Don't lose sight of the fundamental reason why we are here. It's time to refocus. It's time to re-energize, to reignite our lives and to run with the dream that we have on the inside. It's never too late in God. Okay, let's stand to our feet this morning. Do you get anything out of that today? It's a strong message. As we close out this year, we're thankful to God, but we forget those things which lie behind and we stretch forward to that which is ahead in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Come on, let's lift our hands this morning. As we stand here in the presence of God, we commit this year to be dreamers. Come on, let's lift our hands. Come on, let's press in this morning. It's time to dream. For Joseph said, I've had a dream. I saw this, I saw that. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is not the work of a stirred up emotion. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place right now. Holy Spirit, to inspire lives again. The Bible says you can speak in tongues from your spirit. It's not something we often do down a microphone here in Citygate. But there are times to just say, come on, let's, let's step into that place of allowing the Holy Spirit to inspire us this morning. Thank you, God. Spirit of God, we lay hold of you this morning. Spirit of God. We step into that place of dreaming, of possibilities in God, that all things are possible. 
We step into that place this morning, God, of running again. We step into that place this morning of laying aside the sin and the weights to run with endurance the race set before us. Lord, we bring adjustment to our lives right now, whether that's emotionally or financially or mentally. Lord God, whether it's our words, whether it's our friendship groups, we bring adjustment to our lives to be led by your Spirit in all circumstances and in all things. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name that as we look ahead, Lord, we look ahead with joy and with expectation that there are greater things than we've ever seen or heard. Greater things in our nation, greater things in our city, greater things in our church and greater things in our personal lives. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that whatever we put our hand to will prosper. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, we're going to give God a shout of praise in this place. We're going to celebrate our expectation. Come on, church, let's bless.